Hey, Steve, what a chaotic opening as we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's no problem. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. perfect. We have got a party. Steve and company, we do have a party tonight. That's right. Let's go, baby. All right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get right to it, and um, I'm gonna give just we're gonna give one little bit of background before we get to the main topic, which is why this is the topic was just Square Enix, but it's effectively going to be why does Square Enix stink now? Um, so quick background, and I mean quick this time. Everyone's history with Square Enix, starting with me, which is the first Final Fantasy was my first Final Fantasy on the NES. They really helped define the Super Nintendo and PlayStation for me. I've spoken at length about how Final Fantasy IV was like the video game to teach me games or more than just interactive toys. And then Final Fantasy VIII came out and it was all downhill from there. Around Final Fantasy XV era, I had a little bit of, you know, like, oh, you know what? They're not so bad after all. But then they just had to go and disappoint me further in, in the recent years. So, uh, Steve... You give us your background with Square Enix. So Final Fantasy VII is probably responsible for rekindling my love of gaming. And, uh, you know, when I kind of reached that age and I was mostly a PC gamer, long story short, I love the the sort of Square, soft Square Enix related RPG and other game output of the late 90s and early 2000s is actually a really big part of my video game DNA. Uh, I, unlike Chris, I love Final Fantasy 9, 10, 12, 13, and a whole bunch of other stuff that he probably... But I noticed you did not say Final Fantasy 8. I do love 8. Ah, see, you almost, I almost had hope for you. Sorry. All right, finish. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I'm yeah. That's that's what I've got. So, but at the same time, so I'm not as up on the industry stuff. So I'm mostly here to be a contrarian and drink too much whiskey tonight. I was gonna make a joke about you trying to be the 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 poor defender of Square Enix, but I thought maybe this time. I literally just said on the Discord today that a Square Enix published game was literally the worst game I have ever played in my life. So <laughs> that's one of the reasons I held back. Uh, Star Ocean Five, faithlessness and integrity. Is that what it is? Oh, the game without integrity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it like it left me faithless because it had no integrity. Uh, you know what? It, it, <laughs> it fit. It, it actually came out what it advertised to do. Ten out of ten. Anyway, moving on. Well, then you're you're, you're next. How about your history oh, of Square Soft and Square Enix? <laughs> All right, so. Oh man, my timing for this is bad. Eh. There we go. Uh-oh. We're gonna start. Oh, you're with pumping that. beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're gonna get in this, okay? Like, uh, so I have no nostalgia tied to Square Enix, okay? Uh, I I recognize that they have a massive pedigree. So, um, during the PS2 era, which is when I could not get away from them. Um, I, I thought that all the games that they put out were pretty and lacking in depth. Um, they, like, they, they were graphics before anything else that, but that was my opinion. Um, that's just like like your opinion, man. (laughs) That is not your turn. My opinion. 
Um, Joey has so, the conch. So th- that being said, like I, I revisited some games later on in life, um, like Final Fantasy X. I, 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 I do enjoy Final Fantasy X. Um, I, uh, I don't. I, I, I kind of enjoy Kingdom Hearts One. I kind of enjoy Kingdom Hearts Two. Um, but what an absolute mess that uh, the, that entire franchise is. Um, whenever I've tried to get into uh, like their newer titles, um, it's it's really difficult. Um, they have to like essentially not come from this like the square like you know the the, the square that you that you expect. I guess I, I'm not sure ex- exactly how to explain ex- explain it. I did not like Final Fantasy 15 um, as a game. Uh, as a story, I thought it was good, but as a game, I despised it. Um, and it was one of the wh- like I think I've only ever sold three games, and one of them was Final Fantasy 15. This was prior to them fixing Chapter 13. Um, Final Fantasy 13 belongs in the Mariana Trench. Um, you belong uh, in the Mariana <laughs> Trench. Yeah, at least people like me. Anyway, um, the uh, uh, and like. I, I can enjoy the Tomb Raider games, uh, like like the newer ones. They're they're not they're not crazy great, but I, I can enjoy them well enough. Um, and I like when they had the more Western games. I I was beginning to kind of come around uh, because it really diversified what they had. Um, that being said, like my favorite things to come from them, I love Dragon Quest Eleven S. Near Automata has become one of my favorite games of all time. All right. And then I'm gonna get into the shit show. I'm gonna save that for later Wait. because I have a few words. Because we gotta get and um, yeah, we gotta get Misfit, who is also I think the youngest here. So hi. Uh, but how much? Uh, well, I know you never ask someone their age, but like I'm wondering, uh, whatever. Oh, what's 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 your history with Square Enix? Uh, uh, less of a Square Enix fan, more of a Kingdom Hearts fan. As someone who only has Nintendo and PC to their main names and consoles uh i've i'm more of a when it comes to final fantasy i passively enjoy it a lot of my friends like um final fantasy i tried final fantasy 10 when it came on steam i i, I thought it was okay the mat the map menus are complicated i i, I enjoy <laughs> the culture around it not much of a not, but i haven't played many of the games uh, in terms, I do like a lot of the songs that people make, though. I like, uh, so I haven't played really near Automata. Sorry. I haven't played that other thing Joey said. Uh, <laughs> Dragon but Quest. Dragon Quest, it's just, it's on, it's on the Switch now, but like, I, I'm just not interested. However, when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, I'm less of a Kingdom Hearts fan, but more of a hostage to Kingdom Hearts series. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> Does it have the best writing? No. Does it have a complicated wording? Yes. Is does it deserve to be mocked all to high heaven? Also yes. But gosh darn it. Um there's just something about how much they say my heart like the darkness hurts that just kind of keep going. It's rather with or without alcohol you'll have a good time. But that doesn't mean I think um my experience of Square Enix is any less than these boys, men people whatever the fine gentlemen <laughs> all right so with that start i 
I, I guess I don't even know where to even begin there other than like, I guess this year is where I, cause I've, like, I, I had a realization years ago with the Valk, Valkyrie profile coming into the plume on the DS, right? That game was actually pretty good. And I was like, you know what? Maybe Square Enix can make good stuff after all. It's just not their biggest stuff. And that's still technically true, but it's, it's just, just this really big question of what are you guys even in the industry for? Cause I even tried looking cause I, okay, I'm bad with reading financials, but I tried looking up like what was Square Enix's profit of 2021 and what was Capcom's profit of 2021? Cause one of the first things on my mind was, well, you know, look what, what Capcom's doing. Why don't you do what they're doing? But Capcom seems smaller. They seem like they're smaller than Square Enix. If I'm reading things right and the reporting is accurate, they made the same profit last year. And Square Enix is bigger, which means Square Enix is spending more. They've got a ton of mobile games out there. They've got their Final Fantasy XIV, and they still might have made as much as Capcom did in 2021. And 2021 was a banger year for Capcom. Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter Stories 2, um, Disney Evil Village. What? There's, I mean, there's I, a lot to that with with profit numbers. It would be hard to say without a like deeper analysis in terms yeah. of executive compensation and how much of that is just being reinvested back into you know other things that so it doesn't you know look like profit so much. I think well, I mean, I, all I, their money was really going to making Tifa like a, a member of the of the oh. Italian Senate. It had to be said She's at some point. Sneaking on in there. She just snuck on in. And there was I mean, one lady who was really happy about it, if you look closely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you look at the crowd, there was one lady who was really okay with it. Oh, oh man. So, so I think that, I think actually, in our part of our description, there is a. I think there's a. Also, Chris, you don't have the slideshow playing. There's a couple different aspects. That's of, right. I was about to start it. Okay. Of final, Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Of, there's a couple different aspects of Square Enix that come into play here that we did kind of cover. There's the one aspect where it's like the Tomb Raider and the Avenge, Marvel's Avengers and all of that, which is like Square Enix buying up Western developers and is, and, you know, producing and distributing these basically Western games under Square Enix. Then there's the the middle Square Enix, I guess, which is you know a brand that is continuing to just pump out titles in the IPs they established, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like Final Fantasy, Star Ocean, Kingdom Hearts. And then there's the good Square Enix that still has some of these little titles coming out like Lost Sphere. And I am Setsuna come to mind immediately as like Square Enix published more independent stuff, which is sort of what what made me like Square Enix in the PS2 era, where all of these more B-list type games that were published by Square Enix that weren't necessarily, you know, it wasn't the Final Fantasy or the, you know, the big names, the Dragon Quest. It was like you know, stuff I've probably forgotten the name of at this point um, that, you know, I picked up on PS2 just because I saw Square Enix on there and I was like, hey, that's the Final Fantasy guys. Let's play it. And that's where you're really going to get me separate from like your impression, because to me, it wasn't the B-list stuff. 
like, yeah, Final Fantasy was always the biggest name thing, but it's like Chrono Trigger was right there with it. Secret of Mana was right there with it. Um, and that's just on a Super Nintendo, right? Then you go into the PlayStation and you're getting things like Final Fantasy Tactics, you're getting Xenogears, and maybe that's where, again, you can see the downfall because Xenogears was originally pitched as Final Fantasy VII, was denied, but they let them make it as a separate game but it was screwed in terms of budget. You can feel it like, even without the fact that the last disc is like, holy crap, we can't finish this game. Have a bunch of people narrating the events that you were supposed to play. Like the, the, it, like even uh-huh. beyond that, like the feel of the game is completely lower budget compared to just about everything else that Square Enix was doing. But you still had Vagrant Story. You had Final Fantasy Tactics, as I said. You had uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. As I was just thinking about Brave Fencer Musashi. Yeah, Where's he been? That's kind of like, I mean, some of these games like Vagrant Story's great. It's incredibly complex and obtuse. Uh, but And like, it was just put out there. And it was... Right. I guess something... that's kind of what I'm thinking of when I'm saying maybe these B-list sort of titles that... In terms of money and recognition, there wasn't a ton. But in terms of the games, there were these ambitious, interesting stories. Oh, uh, Parasite Eve, too. I forgot about that yeah, one. Parasite Eve, Parasite, Parasite Eve clearly had a budget, too. Like, some of these games did have a budget. They just, you know, of course, Final Fantasy VII was what made them big. And I feel like Final Fantasy VII is that, like, I love it and I hate it now. Because while I will always love the game itself and what it meant for me to play it in middle school, I hate what it means for everyone else that played it in middle school and therefore led to just everything. Because that's the thing. They were always they, they did care about presentation and the looks uh, from the very beginning. Like that's one of the reasons why with the original Final Fantasy, they were like, okay, Dragon Quest got a Kira Toriyama. We're gonna go with um Yoshitaka Amano and our art style is going to be very different. It's going to be more like the fantasy novels and stuff, not like a comic book. And that was true since the very first Final Fantasy. They wanted to have a good, beautiful looking game that looked better than Dragon Quest. And Final Fantasy VII kind of reflected that um, into a new generation with new technology. But now it's like it they they ever since then they really started to switch more towards style than substance more and more and the real the real downside like it, it was as i guess an inevitability but the real thing was Hironobu Sekiguchi did get a lot of credit that he did not deserve in terms of being an auteur but this is also because the more i've read about the creation of the prior final fantasy games and what he's done is he was definitely a director and he definitely herded cats, but he was also very much a here. You guys are going to contribute with me. Like the only boss fight books book I would recommend is the one on final fantasy five. Cause it's Chris Kohler actually digging into a lot of his past interviews with, um, Hironobu Sakaguchi and discovering how that game was made. And some of it comes down to, um, I can't remember if it was um, Yoshinori Katase or if it was the romancing saga guy that was doing some of the other cutscenes. And it was like the other guy was really good at technical set pieces, but he was really good at the drama. And every morning they'd come in and they'd try and like 
you know, one up the other guy. And Final Fantasy VI really built on that by bringing more people in, including the, um, I only know the woman by the name of Saga, but she wrote, she would help write the Xenogears game. Um, and she was responsible for characters like Edgar and Sabin in Final Fantasy VI. Um, Tetsuya Namada was responsible for characters like um, Gao and Setzer, I think. And then you had uh, Yoshinori Katase was responsible for different characters. So there was definitely a group effort. And this was also true with Final Fantasy VII. But with, again, Sakaguchi, he was really good at steering the direction while getting, like, collecting from other people. And after seven, he did work on eight, but he also worked on Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. And the real tragedy is after that, he was effectively kind of put into a corner office where he could, quote unquote, do no more damage or be encouraged to resign. Um, Because in America, he just would have been like, let go. But. Japan is a different culture. They do things differently. And so he was basically put into a situation where he wasn't allowed to do as much as he used to. Um, so before I uh, switch over, um, AV Hobbies, thank you for subscribing. Um, but yeah, um, so that's like one of the things where it comes down to like, to me, that's where you could trace. This is where you can really see Square Enix changing as a company. They exploded because of the success of Final Fantasy VII, but then they let go of one of their top creators responsible for their success to begin with. You can almost say that the real downfall of Square Enix started with Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Well, technically it started before that. Again, I would say the success of Final Fantasy VII itself, but yeah, it's like where most people would probably start, the trajectory is... Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, because it was such a big failure, it did a lot of damage to the company. Boy. So where, how does that get us to, you know, 2022 and... To blockchain and NFTs? Square, yeah, Square Enix investing in the blockchain and... Oh, the dementia starts somewhere. It doesn't I mean, again, happen. yes, it does. <laughs> you want to bring up Crystal Dynamics again? Well, honestly, yeah, the dementia it starts with Kingdom Hearts exploding in popularity because Tetsuya Namada, <laughs> like he was, he was a character designer, but he didn't really direct the game himself until Kingdom Hearts. I think that was his big break, and boy howdy, in hindsight, especially looking at even modern interview materials, that boy is in his 50s, and he's still totally Chnibio edgelord. (laughs) Though though I am worried about the Kingdom Hearts franchise in terms of, like, where where he wants to take it. I get that he wants to do more original characters, because, like, like, there's, like, a rumor. I don't know if this is is true, but there's, like like, a rumor going around that, like, like, the the game he truly wants to make, he had to compromise when he was making like Final Fantasy 15 there's like a game he always wanted to make but he's basically turning he's, he's basing that folding that dream game into Kingdom Hearts and slowly uh, I'm sure he's going to slowly yeah. phase out what makes Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts by trying to put his own 
is that is that is that dream game what was like 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 this trailer for this completely different thing that was in Kingdom Hearts 3 that like has yet to come yeah, out. Yeah, it was the, the game that was in the Toy Story world. I have I have no doubt that Kingdom Hearts 4 will be centered around this comp- and I get it they're well, trying remember, to do it wasn't ju- it wasn't just that commercial which had a lot of similarities not just the Final Fantasy 15 but the versus 13 pre-release yeah. material. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. also one of the endings to the DLC right. is almost an exact replica of an early right. Final Fantasy versus 13 trailer. Yes, that was that was on purposely. Like he's been wanting to he's been wanting to squeeze more of his vision into Kingdom Hearts since you know they can't he can't do with the Final Fantasy games. I mean, what I get it because of, because we've been seeing less of the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts for various reasons. And there, there are none in Kingdom Hearts three. Like you, you have a statue yeah. of Cloud, and that's like it. Well, I think and, and Moogles. Yeah, I think what it was though is they it, ah, see. This is this is one of those like I feel like this is, you know kind of on a tangent. I almost feel like Kingdom Hearts three should have been the last. They should have wrapped up. Sora's and Kyrie and Riku, their whole story arc in Kingdom Hearts 3, and then let that Tetsuya Nomura go do whatever he wants to do instead of, like, you know, spoilers, instead of, you know, basically making it a cliffhanger ending and setting it up for another entry in the series. Like, I don't know. I love Kingdom Hearts. I love the complete like goofiness and over the topness of the series, and I will be there day one for Kingdom Hearts Four. I'm just also right. It's this corporate BS between, you know, he's making this very successful franchise, but then he also wants to do something that he just hasn't got a chance to do to make this dream game, and and the player is the one who loses out in the end. And that's one of those yeah. things, too, where he's gone on record as saying, oh, no, that's not what this stuff means. But even when I saw the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, and it might just be Tetsuya Nomura's style, right? But I'm watching the trailer, and I talked to you about it, Steve. I think we uh, we even discussed it on the podcast. I watched the trailer, and I'm like, this looks a lot like the original Versus 13 or early 15 <laughs> gameplay. Yeah. Like, so much of it had that kind of a vibe to it. And so it is one of those things where it's like, is he hijacking uh, his Dolph, own theories to make what he wants? Yeah, doth the edge lord protest too much and the work <laughs> speaks for itself or but that's the thing it's like I think even Square Enix learned with Final Fantasy 15 not to uh not to not to like keep him off the leash because like Final Fantasy 7 remake had a co-director, Kingdom Hearts 3 had a co-director, Kingdom Hearts 4 has a co-director and while Stranger of Paradise is his idea, he's not directing. So I feel like he's even kind of been limited, but I guess he didn't somehow 10 years of developing this game was not as much of a money sink as the failure of spirits within so he doesn't get locked away into a corner like sakaguchi did no he gets to keep ruining final like that's the thing i don't want final fantasy and kingdom Hearts. if what's if stranger of paradise is what you get no 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 <laughs> has, has anybody here besides me played any significant portion of stranger of paradise the I, demo I was significant enough. I, like whenever it gets on on the Just, game pass then i'll play it <laughs> 
because I feel like all of, like everything about Square Enix is sort of compressed into Stranger of Paradise. Wait, is that the one where he's like chaos? Chaos. Chaos. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we have to kill chaos. chaos. We have to kill chaos. <laughs> also, the dude's ringtone is Limp Biscuit. Yes. Yes. I came here to chew gum and kill chaos, and I'm all out of gum. Um, but anyway, the <laughs> sorry, we're sorry, Jack. <laughs> chaos is in another castle. I'll kill you. No, but that's literally the plot <laughs> of the game. Is this chaos? No. Okay. Next dungeon. Is this chaos? No. Okay. Anyway, so basically, so you on the one hand, what the actual game is is this super weird, like. I can't even describe it without giving you too many spoilers. This is a weird game. This is just it's just weird. The the premise is weird, the story is weird, it takes weird turns. It's it's beautifully uh just a beautiful disaster of a game. But then it's also <laughs> seems to have been marketed and certain aspects of it were clearly designed to try to hook western gamers, but also it totally fails at all of those things that are theoretically supposed to hook Western gamers and instead just became a meme. And then it's, it's also it's final fantasy because it has to be final fantasy because we can't make anything that isn't part of our, you know, big mainline legacy titles. It doesn't feel like a final fantasy game. Three pillars or whatever it is. Well, this is, this is my big problem because here's the thing. I will always, I will always have a hatred for this game because I still remember the original artwork for the for Final Fantasy One, um, or at least the Nintendo Power artwork. And I remember like this this game was fantasy. This was Dungeons and Dragons fantasy, and not like modern. Nobody in the party is a human. Final, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean like old classic dungeon diving medieval fantasy inspired by Lord of the Rings and stuff. Dungeons and Dragons. That's what Final Fantasy was. And stinking when the leak came out that it's like Square Enix is going to have their own Dark Souls inspired Final Fantasy. I was thinking that art because it would fit so much with Dark Souls style and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. It's by the people that did Neo. I'm looking so forward to this. And then it's guys in jeans and t-shirts because Tetsuya Namada is attached. But it all makes because sense. Because he hates it all makes sense. fantasy. The jeans he and hates t-shirts fantasy. Sense. He own, hey, at least it's so, at least I can tell it's jeans and t-shirts, right? At least he knows how to make clothes people would actually wear now. No, but it's like this dude hates fantasy, which is why everything's got to be modern day no, but, in some but, way like, and or modernized. Time, I hate it. He is everything wrong with Square Enix plus mobile crap. Like by the ugh. time you're half, you're an hour into the game, though, you're this. wearing this hodgepodge of you know armor and who knows what else that's like very much you know i don't know like something that a D party scrapped together for you know whatever i don't know man all right i will answer av hobbies i'm looking at his comments he said i disagree ramble final fantasy was always a tech and medieval mix not defending the new stuff though omg but no you're right because they had the airship and they had the war mech the pro- the thing is the the airship, the war mech, and that airship like that was like ancient civilization stuff. That was like holy crap! Like where did this come from? What kind of ancient civilization that's been like gone for millennia? 
built this stuff versus three guys in jeans and t-shirts. Like uh, what if the completely guys- different aesthetic, <laughs> completely if- wrong, completely awful. What if the three guys in jeans and t-shirts are from an alternate future timeline and that's some look, of that I know they're messing with the fact that it even- gets left behind by the alternate future yeah. timeline, not look, necessarily ancient whatever. Anyway, because it's Tetsuya Namada's excuse to hate on fantasy because he's Tetsuya Namada. Listen. He just wants chaos. Listen. All he just wants chaos. This is the man that can't. Uh, he, he can't relate to his own protagonist from Kingdom Hearts. He relates to the villains more. Listen, what does I that think, tell think, you about listen, this guy? I'm just. I'm just going to say this. Okay. All right. Like, as far as Kingdom Hearts goes, Sora's in Smash. Therefore, he's finally in something good. <laughs> Ooh, that them's fighting words. And oh my god. And, and that's not ever counting like the whole like less involvement of Disney. It just seems like Disney is like a checkbox in Kingdom Hearts now. It's like, oh, we have to put Disney yeah. in the main selling point. Well, here, yeah, it's here like, all right, are. Donald and Goofy are your companions, and we're going to Disney. You go World to Disney Arbit- Worlds now for arbitrary like, reasons. They don't even try to explain it anymore. They just be like, we're here because, well, they have to come up with a reason, and then that's it. Let's yeah, like back in, a bit, in the though. first Let's... in the first Kingdom Hearts, like you, you would go to the Disney worlds because there was there was a problem with them. There was a problem with those worlds, and you would fix it, and then that would move the story forward. Kingdom Hearts too, you just you're just going places. Like it, 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 it's just it. You're just going places, and then you get to the Pirates of the Caribbean world, and it's like, oh wow, there's like people with actual proportions here. This is awkward. Um, I would like so. to request of everyone after we record this podcast, do yourselves a favor. Look for MC Chris talking about Kingdom Hearts 2 and Resident Evil 4. It that, is that still is good. It is still hilarious. It is still classic. And then in Kingdom Hearts 3, oh. Sora only goes to the worlds because he has to relearn the power of awakening he didn't learn in Dream Drop Distance. And that's like, and that's when we get like, you know memes, what? Like, yeah. Um, because you know, Misfit, I, w- I want to, I want to bounce this off of you real quick. Because like, I, I like when it came to the Kingdom Hearts three DLC, absolute yeah. travesty, absolute travesty. Okay, it, it, it essentially retconned the ending. At least that's how I took it, right? Like, it it retconned the original ending, and you play through the same like final area all over again, granted with some different scenarios, and then it adds like. A boss rush at the end. Oh, and you see Sid from Final Fantasy. Oh, that's 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 cool. Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks for like three hours of gameplay. Misfit, how did you feel? My, I have a couple problems with the, with the Remind DSC. One, I think they went out of their way a little too much to explain how things came the way they are, especially <laughs> when you like fought the gauntlet, and then they explained between each each fight. Oh, this is how this everything happened because it happened. It reminded me of the time why they explained why Mickey's shirt was shirtless by the end of Kingdom Hearts One. They they didn't explain that. They went and they like they 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 have to explain everything so that people understand the timeline or or the or the thing of that's why I love Kingdom Hearts in a way they go out of the ways to um. The memes. It's so bad. It's good, honestly. The memes when Mickey was like fighting by himself against the darkness. All that was kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> Three Dylan Sprouts. 
Sora fighting Dylan Sprouse is now canon, and he freaking said it was a sweet life, and I was like, <laughs> "Is this a Zack and Cody reference? What? Wait, what? Disney Channel is canon in the Kingdom Hearts universe. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's I didn't because, I didn't catch that because I didn't catch that. It's that secret final boss guy, you know that he put that he fights in the in the Shibuya town guy who's like he has a keyblade and then and he's like how and then like Sora's like how's life and like it, you know the guy you have to beat to get like the true ending if you beat him? Yeah. Oh, I I don't remember. Is it's that guy? So basically he's played by Dylan Sprouse and he's and then he says like hey how's life? It was a sweet life and I was like Wait, the not Noctis? The not Noctis. Or someone else. The knock knock this guy. Somebody knows who I'm talking about, but like he fights that he fights that guy after, and then like you know, you and Kyrie go do the do the ending again. Um, and Is this then the guy he, that you can win or lose to, and that changes the ending. Yeah, that guy. That's Dylan. Oh Sprouse. yeah, not not Noctis. Okay, so knock, it's okay. Knock this is Dylan. Lord. And the moment I figured that <laughs> out, I was like. This, re- this 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 DLC is great. Is is it worth thirty dollars? I mean, it depends. It hell depends. no. That's questionable. But I, I got my fair share of laughs out of it. Also, the so- entirety of "Let It Go" from Frozen is in Kingdom Hearts Three. Like, just we don't, we don't talk. We don't talk about the Frozen level. Yeah. The Frozen level. Oh, I'm talking not- about it. Oh no! I'm no, we need to get back because... to Square Enix and not just Kingdom Hearts. Ooh. There's more to Square Enix we... than Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I, I know. I was going to get to that. In Kingdom Hearts Four, can we not talk about Bruno? <laughs> no, we're talking about Bruno. Where's... He knows what he did. He knows what he did. I don't know what he did. I'm okay. Also, I, I want to go back to what Moana Square world. Enix did. And I want to go hope... back to what, no 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 I want to go back to what Square Enix did because let's go let's actually dial back to the Crystal Dynamic situation right the Eidos situation oh, where okay. they they buy Eidos <laughs> and it's okay so they want to you know expand their Western publishing arm and development arm and so I never played the original Tomb Raiders and I never played the original Deus Ex I never played a lot of these things. I did like the Tomb Raider reboots, and when I say that, I mean Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider had a lot of issues. Um, it did boo. Now, like Shadow you of the level Tomb- up your yeah. weapons, and then in certain areas, you can't you, you can't use your weapons in half the game, and after you upgrade them, it's fun. I but love the, it. Um, <laughs> but with um, Tomb Raider is like okay. I liked what they were doing. It was a pretty fun game. Uh, it was still triple a stuff but because the game didn't sell enough millions of units it was considered as a failure which is you know again sign one of square enix what the heck are you guys thinking um evidently good seamus young god rest his soul man he was writing up stuff about deus ex and one of the big things was he liked Human, re- he played Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, but he's like, these aren't Deus Ex though. Like, here's the r- issues with them compared to the original Deus Ex. Um, and from what I understand, Mankind Divided had a lot of issues. Um, yeah, I never finished that one. I'm a huge Deus Ex fan. Never finished Mankind Divided. Though. But the thing is, it still wasn't a failure of a game, right? The only real failure they had that was like a big flop was actually they technically had two and one was getting better. Uh, Thief, 
They completely screwed Thief up. And Hitman, which was because they wanted to release it episodically, but you had to pay $60 up front. And it was a bad strategy. And that's the thing. It's like, it's almost like some of their experiments and bad ideas started with their Western development arm, or they were just trying to figure out how to make, because by that point they had mobile games already. And this is the thing where it's like that big difference between, you know, in, a, in, in the West, like people are starting to say, wait a minute, I just spent a bunch of money on your gacha game for two years and now you're shutting down the servers. I don't like gacha is effectively the prototype NFT, right? You spend money on a JPEG that once the servers go down, you don't have anymore. Only in Japan, it's like they don't care. Like there are well, some at least big NFTs, dis- you have the receipt in the form of a the, URL. <laughs> there's a cultural so. there's a cultural disconnect between not just companies, but like the player base from Western players to Japanese players. That you know, there are people in the Western market that like gotcha, but it's not nearly as much in uh Japan or other Asian territories, like where they just eat it up. Um so they're trying to implement some of that stuff maybe with like Hitman. Like, how can we do this? But for, you know, from a Western perspective, like what like what 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 do Western players like? And at the time, episodic games weren't dead yet. So it's like, okay, maybe we can release this episodically, but you have an upfront $60 charge. People don't want to pay $60 for part of a game that they might not want the rest of. So now Hitman ended up finding its own successful thing and square enix was at least generous enough to let io interactive take that with them but it's one of those weird things where they mismanaged it and that's the thing like the guys who made tomb raider all right you guys are going to make a superhero live service game for us now and at the same time before we see how our one live service game does we're going to get outriders from another Western developer. And then mm. we're also going to get Babylon's fall from a Japanese developer. And we're going to have each of these games release in less than like a year from each other. And every single one of like outriders is the biggest success. And that's the thing. I think I have a screenshot of outriders in this slideshow and with their latest, like that's the thing I never, I didn't really dig, dig a lot of their aesthetic for the first game. With their expansion, every trailer, it's like, oh, hello, Destiny Armor. How are you doing there? Because it's it's so clearly, blatantly doing more of a ripoff than it was ever before. It's, and that's the thing. It's like, they're, they're too busy. Like, they still have what they call their premium games. And they haven't given up on them yet. But it's clear that Square Enix right now is so busy trying to figure out how to make a product that can continually be monetized. Final Fantasy it's 14. It's such an abuse of such talented studios too. Yeah. It is. Such talented yeah. developers. People can fly. I was excited for Outriders because of People Can Fly and then I found out it was a live service game and I'm like, oh boy, how bad is it going to be? And then the beta was bad. Platinum Games. I was excited for the announcement of Babylon's Fall because like, yo, Platinum Games, I'm in. Live service game, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, I tried to demo. It's technically not a bad game, but and that's the thing. Both Outriders and Babylon's Fall, you have to play co-op for those. Like, yes. you can go only so far in Babylon's Fall solo, but when you get to that first boss, like I, 
I, by the skin of my teeth, I managed to beat that in the demo, the first like major boss in the demo. And I was like, that's it. Like this, you need to be able to play with friends and I don't have any friends that are willing to play. And I don't even think like, that's the thing. Like now that Sony's got their free to, um, not free to play stuff, but they're like game pass competitor. I don't think Babylon's fall is on there and Babylon's fall isn't on Xbox. So you can't get it on game pass. That is a game that is going to just, if it hasn't already died officially, it's going to. Because it does not have the player base. Not enough people wanted to shell out 60 bucks. And now it is July. People have forgotten about it. The only way people will try it now isn't even if you put it on sale. It's if you put it out there for free. Yeah. Like gonna, I, I will go as far as that people aren't even going to try it for free. Streamers aren't going to try it because the game's not in vogue. So they have no reason to promote it even if it's for free. And the bad news coverage of how blatant their microtransactions are would make it a not a not a hard sell as well. I just don't see it even if given away. That's that's a good point too, because a, a lot of these free to play games do gain a lot of steam from uh like not just from being free, but from seeing other people play them and have fun with them. You know, like I, I doubt that they'll be the next Genshin Impact or Fortnite. Let's be real. Well, it's like what was the game? Was it Apex? It was a game where some where a big publisher paid a lot of streamers like millions of dollars to play the game on week one, and then that fell off, and then they had to gradually. I think it was Apex. Yeah, 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 yeah. They paid a lot of people to play the game, but because it wasn't natural, people stopped playing it once the contracts ended, and you know it just didn't. They they it didn't become the next Fortnite. It got there eventually, but. Mm -mm. Well, nothing's still the next Fortnite, but no, it did eventually grab. Actually, that that is one of those that I wonder how much has to do with push, first Japan, because Japan, a lot of players were still big on it, and then um, also like the VTuber surge because because Japan uh, Japanese players are playing it, VTubers were playing it, and that got yep. more eyes on Apex. And did that get more people playing Apex? That's one of those things I am curious about, but. There's no way you can really like scientifically study that, but it is a right. curiosity. Um, but no, that's the thing. Like Square Enix just completely mismanaged their Western studios. Uh, they're like, because again, it's like stinking Idos Montreal. Like they couldn't have them do the live service game uh, instead. Like, or was it Chris? Yeah, Idos Montreal. They couldn't have them do the uh, Avengers game rather than Crystal Dynamics who would have made a better third Tomb Raider game. Um, and then you have, well, and that's the shame of it too, because then Idos Montreal, you know, even though Shadow of the Tomb Raider was a disappointment, here comes Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's better than the movies, in my opinion, and it's actually, I liked it. I'm sick of Marvel and superheroes, but dang, if I did not like that game. He's done unfortunately, with no more kinship. Unfortunately, because of Avengers, that game, people refrained from buying it. I didn't buy it at first. Well, even though part of that's also just because I wasn't sure I wanted it another whatever that was going to be. But it turned out I wanted what it was going to be. It's what I want AAA games to be more often. It's ah, like, and then they decided, okay, we're going to sell this and not even for what they're worth. Yeah. Not even for what they're worth. Um, 
And they had to backtrack too because they were like, we're going to take the money from the sale and put it towards blockchain game game development. And dude, the backlash must have been so severe. Yeah, they really it was deserved. They they cannot stop chasing fads, and it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. where all they need to do is focus on the fundamentals. And make- I'm certain they're trying to find again. I, I'm certain they're trying to find their Western equivalent to the mobile game in Japan. That's got to be part of it. Um, the only thing they've gotten, and that's the funny thing. What what have they gotten? Final Fantasy 14. And what? Why is Final Fantasy 14 a success? Because someone is in charge of that project that knows how to make a good game, and Square Enix doesn't have their like their hands on it. Yeah. They're not going to learn the right lessons, but that's also because, again, like Final Fantasy Brave Exvius and all their other mobile stuff, oh, people are willing to spend money on that. All the bravest, Japan, at least. Remember all the bravest. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I th- th- there's there's something I want to bring up because there there's there's certain things that you think they would have gotten easy would have been a slam dunk, a home run. Okay, it would have been a one, two, three pin. Okay, if if we're going to include sports entertainment in there. All right. We talked about Crystal Chronicles. Well, I just gave it away. Um, Crystal Dynamics. But I wanted to talk about another set of crystals, the Crystal Chronicles. And how badly, how badly they screwed that up. Yeah, crystals, boy. They screwed it up really, 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 really badly. I wanted to chime in because... It really yeah. was just the one thing too. Most, like the biggest screw up was the fact that there's only one person whose progress carries forward. It's so I mean, Yeah, and it's antithetical to how the game was designed. Like I can't believe they screwed it up that bad. Like it it really should have been a no-brainer and they just completely botched it. You know, it's a like, shame because it's, it, it, when we played it, the ultimate like feeling was the game's not bad, and that's about it. And some of it, some of it is going to be the age. Like that combat is not very complex for the most part. It no. is fine, but if everyone was carrying progress forward and they were playing the game together, it would work a lot better. I think the only reason is because of the nature of some of the um random caravan encounters and some like there were things that they could have figured out a way to work around they could have figured it out. but you know what it's just like the kingdom hearts cloud on switch right they can like and, and again it's like oh, because it doesn't even have to that. do That's with a bad one it doesn't even have to do with the fact that the games use it because again like okay yeah the remaster is built off of the ps2 code but the remaster is now a new set of code you can't just take the ps2 code and port that out like no so it is going to be they need to make modifications to make sure it can run on the switch but that's the thing they effectively did say we're cheap and lazy enough that we decided the cloud version was going to be easier yeah so and maybe, maybe one of the reasons they did that is because I think there was a cloud version of another game that they had on there, and maybe that was successful enough. But that's the thing, like they and, and that's like you know, say hello to our modern cyberpunk dystopia. You're paying sixty dollars for a game that's on a cloud, so it's not even downloaded onto your system. You will it's own on someone else's server. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's it on someone else's server, though. That's the thing. Is it? Um, and it's it's antithetical to the Switch because the Switch is a portable console, and like, I guess in Japan they got to too many mobile hotspots. I don't know. And I the game do. already runs. And the game already runs poorly as is on the Switch, let alone any other thing. So like, all it takes is like for someone to be slightly out of range, and then bam, Crystal Chron the Crystal Chronicles just gameplay just kind of stops in its tracks. Oh, what you were playing docked, and then the power went out. Well, just pull it out of the dock and continue handheld. Oh wait, no, because your router's no longer got power, so no, you've got no internet it. connection. Yeah. No, granted, that's not exclusive to just them, but it's like, you know, the salt in the wound, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's nice to be able to play them on the Switch, but like, at, at, at the same time, I'm just like, if you can't port it to the console, wait until the next one. People will buy it. It's and like, you know don't what? Give I'm going to. Half assed garbage. I'm going to sit here and I'm also going to, because now I'm going a bit random. I'm going to be the antithesis to Steve in a lot of ways. Because, like, when they had their Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary, I just felt nothing but depression. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're you're with me. You're, you're like, you, Joey, you, you're with me in that we watched Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And we're like, oh. I hated that movie. Like, I was, I, I was in anime club in high school and I was surrounded by people that were just over the moon oh no it, they they were they were aroused okay they were enjoying the movie way too much and i'm and i'm just sitting there like what none of this makes sense the the movie looks pretty and that's about the end of it so I, oh I oh i know it i know it i know it i know it I, I can't even get to the points where i'm like truly disgusted and you're already jumping to defend oh man so one of the aspects go. I, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Very sorry. Uh oh. Final Fantasy Advent Children that I liked, and some of the other, you know, whatever compilation of Final Fantasy VII or whatever they called it, was like the art and the vision behind Final Fantasy VII always felt like it was, it just was like five years too early. Like, if they could have made this on the PS2, they could have actually realized a lot more of the vision than was realized on the PS1. And so you have all of these moments that, you know, you're supposed to feel really badass, but you're still this pretty terrible, low-poly, cloud-strife model. That was absolutely amazing at the time because they were coming off the Super Nintendo. They this coming was off, coming, but, but, but I was coming dude. Off. No, 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 no. Dude, I hate I, this I, kind I of. I hate this vision <laughs> element. Like I hate this whole like. Oh, it wasn't true to their vision. <laughs> their original no, vision was restricted to sixteen-bit sprites. This I'm not saying was true their to the vision. vision. I'm saying that that the the leaps and bounds that console graphics took over those few years were huge. And Final Fantasy VII hit at this really awkward point at the very beginning of those leaps and bounds. I'm not saying that, Look, that they didn't complete their vision. What I'm saying is, as the gamer, you can see that there's there's more to it. That at the time that was what they that was at the peak of what they could envision. 
But that also, a few years later, they were like, man, really wish we could have done it like that. So what it did was the story was dumb. It was confusing. It made no sense, whatever. Um, Everybody got baptized at the end. Like, I have no idea what that was about. But the the idea of... That wasn't water. Yeah. What was it? Uh, no. Life stream? I don't know. Life stream, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess life stream is a good word for it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so anyway, like seeing, seeing, you know, a cloud on a motorcycle, but like not... With every sword in the game that just comes up because it's yeah. cool, man. But there was always an element of these older RPGs that you're using your imagination a little bit. And what Final Fantasy Advent Children did was kind of bring your imagination to life in a lot of these sequences. And so yeah, why would you, you insult me like this by saying that's what my imagination looks like? You know what? <laughs> why would you talk down to me so much? Do you charm, think man. so little of my intelligence? <laughs> you know, I, I agree with AV Hobbies. All the characters belong in jars. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh my gosh. But you know what? That, see, I, I, what I was going to say wasn't much better because honestly, to all of your like, if Hironobu Sakaguchi is Square Enix's ex, then Advent Children, Dirge of Cerberus, um, Crisis Core, they like the Rebound Girls, everything. No, it's they are all the sex tape with other people that Square Enix sends <laughs> to Sakaguchi to make him angry. No! Oh, okay, that's that bad. Is, that's very descriptive. Whoa, bro. I thought you were a Christian good boy. Hold on. It doesn't mean I'm ignorant to the horrible ways of the world. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, like I didn't know Advent Children would bring this out of you. As, as <laughs> not just Advent Children, I've watched pe- people do whole talkthroughs of the story of Crisis Core, and it's awful. Got and, like, oh yes, okay. beyond, Move. beyond. He doesn't oh. know what's happening under the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I hate. That's what I said. That's what I said. Like unaware. I (laughs) I love the original Final Fantasy VII, and boy, I still have memories of playing it when I was a kid. I still remember after like the big spoiler that you can't really discuss now with the remakes, just in case someone doesn't know about it. But like even like the moment of the big spoiler, my I'm playing it at my cousin's house. New one, just you wait. (laughs) It's probably not. No, if it anything, it'll happen. be, it'll, it'll, they'll change it around. But no, it's not going to happen. Like, I mean, that's the thing. It's already clear, right? The first game is, and again, like, as I said before, I'm pretty sure the first game isn't like, oh, the ghosts represent all the fanboys that don't want any change. No, the ghosts represent everyone demanding a remake of something they've already made. And again, look at Kingdom Hearts, where it's like, Tetsuya Namura is going to try as best as he can to make that game he always wanted to that wasn't Final Fantasy that wasn't Kingdom Hearts that was its own thing like he's going to try um, and that's probably why he's off Final Fantasy 7 Remake now because it's like you know expressed his desire to make something new and now Rebirth and whatever the third one's going to be 
are going to just be their own. You're going to sit all the familiar locations. You're going to go to the gold saucer and see it high def. And you're going to go in the roller coaster, you know, shooting game. And you're going to be like, oh, this is so much better because it's high def. And you're going to go onto the gondola ride and be like, oh, it's so much better because it's high def. And yet the spirit, the soul won't be there. Just like with stinking the remake, which is so much style and except for the combat, so little substance. Because the combat's actually the combat's good. good. The music, yeah, kills. the combat's good. Oh the yeah, music's the music's good the comics, too. The combat's good. So I was just thinking about this whole um, like. Tetsu and I know you like Crisis Core. I know you're saying they're wanting to defend it. No, I'm not going to bother with Crisis defending anything right now. But oh, I love slot considering, machines. Considering Chris's previous analogy. I feel kind of oh, like good. what Tetsuya <laughs> is what what he's doing with Final with Kingdom Hearts Four. It's like that guy who like breaks up with a girl and he gets a new girlfriend, and then he's like trying to make her into the old girlfriend because he's not really over her yet. Like, why don't you die? That thing that happens. Color? You know, is you that a thing that happens? Yes. <laughs> you know, Miss Fitz been so quiet lately. And this is weird. And she's like, "Yes." You know what? I don't think we need to pry. I don't want to pry on that. That, that, that there was something behind that. Yes. There's experience Wait, that's, there. That's, that's, I'm oh, just not a crisis course gal. And then when the crisis course makes you change your hair color, you kind of want to beat the game, okay? In a very oh. non. <laughs> Gamer way, okay. <laughs> Misfit, are you we're not okay? gonna pry. Yeah, you, <laughs> are you okay, yeah. Misfit? I am very keno. I am just drinking my wawa. Your wawa. <laughs> Do you need so, to talk to Asuna? Do we need to make sure you can talk to Asuna at some point? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's here's something, okay? All right, because. We got Kingdom Hearts, okay? We have Tetsuya Nomura wanting to make the game that he wanted to make, okay? Uh, we clearly have the people that worked on Final Fantasy VII wanting to make the game that they wanted to make. People Can Fly probably had a game that they wanted to make, but they went to Square Enix. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? The it, thing it, is, it, the it, game it, they wanted to make might have been the game that they made. That's the funny thing. We can't necessarily I mean, we know. don't know. Yuji Naka probably wanted to make... Well, he, See, he that we do know. to make a game, but that we do know. And I actually did want to get around to that because usually, yeah. like, okay. So again, having I think, having I think the problem here is that if you have a vision, if you're an artist and you have a vision, don't go to Square Enix. They're but going they to let Yoko you. Taro make another game. That's what's confusing no, about no, this, right? Yoko Taro, don't go to Square Enix. Don't well, go to them. Valid, he already is. He made his card game that he wanted to do. That like they they only let him do that because Near Automata was a success, and he almost didn't have a Near Automata to make except for one producer there, and that's what's broken. Like, see, this is why it's inconsistent, right? The producer that got Near uh, Yoko Taro to actually make another game, rather than just making stage plays in Akihabara, was, <laughs> and I'm not joking about that, no, was. Or the mobile game, Sino Alice, or whatever that is. That same guy went to Platinum Games, allegedly, actually. I should say that, allegedly, in interview materials. Because, again, American, again, like American corporate culture and the way they speak to the press is very different than J Japanese culture, where it could be 
he's taking credit, but it was more like the credit was assigned to him to do this. Uh, so we don't know. Again, we can't know. But he claims he went to Platinum Games and was like, do you guys want to make a live service with us? Why the guy that had faith in Yoko Taro would say that? I don't know. I didn't even think about it before. Like now I'm sitting here starting to wonder. It's like, did he lie to everybody to cover his company's ass? Mm. I'm starting to what wonder now. Saying? Sorry, sorry, I'm saying, sorry. Yeah. I was saying, to be fair, maybe Yuji Naka should have had more of Square's oversight because <laughs> from what I understand, a lot of Balan's poor decisions and or end product was on Yuji Naka himself. They kind of gave him free reign because of his notoriety and stuff. Yeah, they weren't, they're more of an RPG type of company, so they, so they were kind of not confident in the platformers. Thing, but they were like, ah, it's Yuji Naka. He made Sonic. He's so big. He's got good character design. That'll get the games to sell. But like, so you, they, they just kind of gave him, they kind of, it's like what they did with the Kingdom Hearts guy. They kind of let him do his own thing. And I would, and they kind of, because like a lot of, if you go into interviews, a lot of the issues that we have with the game, Yuji Naka has an explanation for everything. Like, why is, like, why is everything in the game on one button? Because he's like, he wanted everybody to be able to play the game regardless of deficiency or age. Why is it hard to unlock actual voice lines? And or why is everyone talking in Babel? Because he wanted everyone in the world to understand the story of the game without problems. Why is there 80 costumes? Because there's 80 costumes. <laughs> that is such Yushi a Naka. thing. That's the Yuji Naka, again, like I was going to say with the whole Console Wars book again... Like one of the things that they highlighted was the guy was very much perfectionist. And when he had an idea and that that he was about to leave Sega after the first Sonic the Hedgehog, Sega of America convinced him to stay on. And he was effectively an employee of Sega of America to make Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Um he had he's a he's a visionary and he's a perfectionist, and he's probably not wholly reliable. But at the same time, I couldn't help but think of his quote where he basically said people at Square Enix don't have a passion for making games. They don't care about games. They don't care about, like, he said this. He's like, these these people don't care about this stuff anymore. Now, would Balan's Wonder World have been a great game if he got to finish it as he saw fit? Probably no. not. I have a feeling Yuji Naka is one of those guys that isn't as great or talented as people give him credit for. But at the same time, I mean, Nights in the Dreams is an original creative game, right? That was Yuji Naka too. And looking at Nights in the Dreams, like, yeah, this was a fresh idea that came out of a very creative mind that wanted to explore the possibilities of what video games could be. Balan Wonderland, he had a specific idea in mind. And he's also got a very specific visual aesthetic at this point like yeah it's somewhere between knights and sonic if it's yeah. not one it's the other it's so good and yet that's why i feel bad for balan because it's such a great character design it's so and that's good the thing. i'm gonna be honest i think square enix after final fantasy 15 because again it's like because uh, aside from all the microtransactions of chocobo gp um Oh, God. That game evidently had a bunch of glitches and was unfinished. Stranger of Paradise evidently had enough to suggest it was an incomplete game, right? Like, there's a bunch of stuff about some of their releases in March that 
it, you get the feeling that they were just trying to shove stuff out the door. Um, and in March case specifically, shove it out the door in time for the end of the fiscal year. And with Ball in Wonderland, I wouldn't be surprised if to them they were like, all right, this game's not going to be a big seller. Let's just get it out the door. And granted, again, we don't, we can never know the full story, but I would not be surprised if it's somewhere in between. We're like, yeah, because of Yuji Naka's eccentricities, it was never going to be a great game. It was always going to be met with um, criticism, but would it have been in a far, far better state than the end result? It probably could have been if Square Enix was willing to let it cook longer. But again, like after Final Fantasy 15, they might have had enough of certain kinds of creators and been like, you know what? Just get it out the door, get rid of Yuji Naka. Um, we're just going to get this game and forget about it. That's my theory at least. I'm I'm inclined to agree. Like I played the demo on both Switch and PS4 for Balan Wonderworld. And oh, on Switch, it was already bad. Is it <laughs> Wonderworld or Wonderland? Wonderworld. Wonderworld. Wonderworld? Yeah. Wonderland it's sounds like, like it would fit so much more. It does. But, Probably you know, like, like copyright crap. There was something so. Uh, like, man, because the, the aesthetic of Balan Wonderworld was fresh you know and that opening cutscene, i was like oh you know i'm i'm kind of vested and then and then you're in control and then you you just get real sad you just get real <laughs> sad apparently the animators no, I on enjoyed the, game the demo quite so a bit excited actually, to, but... to, to, to to um animate on the game because it was such a different thing than what they were allowed to work on that they that that's why the animation of the cutscenes were so good because it's like it was something new and fresh and yeah well, like I, it was it had a unique look and and Balan himself like he he had like this Michael Jackson look it was like it was it was, it was different it was daring to be different like I'm not used to Yuji Naka daring to be different I'm I'm normally used to Yuji Naka just. I don't know. It felt like he was phoning it in with, with certain Sonic games. Curse to Sonic Land, yeah. 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 He evidently released a game he made himself for the phone uh, in the meantime. So yeah, I'm good. And evidently, well, that's the thing. Evidently, that game was, wasn't bad. But again, who can tell because it's for the phone. Like in, Right. But that's the thing. On like, the phone, he, don't care. He, 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 he made it. So he's still making stuff at least. But it is a question of like, is he just going to be a guy now? that finds it tough to find work in the industry or at least from the Japanese spectrum of the industry. Cause again, cultures are different value, different things, stuff like that. So I, I don't know. It's um, a tough call. So it's, um, I think the funny thing too, to remember is also like, you know, like square Enix published power wash simulator. Wait, really? This is what I get like, yes, they published that. Uh, wait, no, hold on. So was it a game that, that existed before only on PC and then they picked it up and distributed it? it no, because like... it also just released on PC as well. 
It's they been on have, PC for a while. They have a w- Power Wash Simulator? Yeah. It's like I remember seeing people play it last year. Maybe it was early access. You might be right. It might have been early access or something like that. I'll have to double check because I know it's getting this big like console releases and stuff like that. But it's yeah, like it's that's Square Enix pass. though. That's Square that's Enix. Really and it's funny. like granted they have an indie branch. Like it, like they reach out and they help people with indie games, right? But it's like one of those things where again, it's like just what is up with Square Enix and what they can do? I don't know, because it's like if, if we look at what they've got in the future. I mean, Final Fantasy, and again, this is also part of my thing where I'm just angry at them and Sony both, <laughs> right? I mean, and oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake Interlude is finally on Steam for $70. Yeah. Like, you gotta be kidding me. And people are just positive going, it's like, this game is amazing. This game's great. This game's amazing. It's like, you suckers. Spend now, 70 bucks on a game that's like, what, two years old, three years old at this point? It came out in 2020. Yeah, I was living at my old place. It's yeah. like good gravy, man. Now like, it gets yeah. worse. Final, like Final Fantasy VII remake does does deserve like its own rant because I do, I do like playing the game. And again, I have no nostalgia tied to the original, so I can I can enjoy this as a as you know, as a product. I'm not gonna, and, and that's that's how I feel about a lot of Square Enix's like you know flagship releases is that I feel like the products. They really are art. at this point. Yeah, um, you know, like like Call of Duty, you know, um, and that's probably harsh to to call something that is essentially a piece of media a product and not like a work of art. But there, there's something soulless about about what they do. But anyway, uh, that's a whole different discussion. The so like Final Fantasy VII remake came out and like it it, it is pretty killer. And you know, if you if you don't care about the story uh, or are just willing to go along for the ride, but then. But then they they have extra story content and it's locked away to the PS5. Why would you do that? Why would you do and that to a console that is extremely difficult to get? Why would you, you do that, on, Square? If you own There's, it on PS4 and upgrade to PS5, you can't get the integrated content and some other stuff. They did finally allow you if you had the one PS Plus or whatever. Like they had some weird thing where if you had remake. Uh, on like ps plus or whatever you couldn't get the integrated content on the new ps plus they fixed that but it was yet another problem of this overly complicated system but why is this extra story content for this game that's playable on the ps4 why is that why is this extra content only playable on ps5 they they have no excuse they have no excuse that's something i would probably say is sony's fault there's oh, no reason, to, like, because yeah, you're right. Like Square Enix, there's no reason why that stuff couldn't be on PS4. But no, Sony wants people to have a reason to buy a PS5. Oh yes, and... oh, yes they do. But then they make the console different, difficult to get. And then the next, the the next installment of the trilogy that they confirmed that it's going to be is going to be PS5 exclusive. Listen, Square. Yep. All right. I know you can't. I know you can't see them. But I'm, I, I know you can't see me, but I'm pointing at my crotch right now. You can kiss it. Uh, I thought you were going to give the middle fingers. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to give them the middle finger while they're just, you know, sucking me a fat one. <laughs> okay, like, tone it down, bro. Tone it down. Tone it down. I'm tone mad. it down. <laughs> I don't, I don't it down. like them. 
I mean, no, I got that issue too. Cause it's like, I don't have any plans to get a PS five unless it's used at this point. And I've gone on, I've explained a lot of the reasons why I don't like a lot of the Sony's corporate decisions and other things like that. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it, it's like, it's, it takes two to tango, right? So this is partially where I'm angry at Square Enix because they're letting themselves get suckered into first the PS five exclusivity. But then again, Final Fantasy seven remake integrate when it was on PC, it was epic exclusive first. Yeah. And it's like you you're it's like you're doubling down on this bullcrap. And yeah, it's on Steam now, but it's still not on Xbox. Will it ever get on Xbox? I don't know. What does this mean for Final Fantasy 16, right? Final Fantasy 16 is releasing next year. Will it not be available for something other than PS5 or Epic Game Store until 2025? Do I have to wait that effing long? Like what is Yeah, it the... might not come on Xbox until the entire trilogy is complete. Yeah, it, it, well, Final Fantasy is, VII, all in one package. <laughs> Just like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, all in one or whatever. No, 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 they would have to re, they, they'd have to rename it something really stupid as they do. It would be like Final Fantasy VII Remabirth or something. I don't know. Like It would be like a Final weird Final made Fantasy up. Final Fantasy VII like, Re 358 Days Over 2. Re colon... <laughs> Re colon union birth or whatever <laughs> like that. that. I don't know. Reference. Re like re three five eight days ends with you birth <laughs> by sleep. Uh, <laughs> reunion. Tetsuya um, Normado is oh, the dude, worst if the thing last if, this, if the last episode of Final Fantasy VII remake isn't called re colon it's reunion. Union. It's reunion. I forgot about it. It's reunion. Yeah. No wait. No. Crisis Core is the reunion. What the it's heck was re- the offensive word? I'm not going to say it. Okay, that okay. Um, <laughs> ramble dance. <laughs> oh wait, we we got some for that. We got some for that. Sorry, Uh-oh. I'm going to start for the audio only listeners. It's just we uh, we we it? have a comment in the. Uh, there we go. We have a comment in the, the <laughs> chat for Final Fantasy Rambled Eggs, and we got an emote for that now. Uh, thanks to the inspiration of Misfit here, Misfit oh. Waferton. We now have Rambled Eggs as an emote. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to I don't know, I don't know that we need to torture our listeners any longer right now. Yeah, I, I'm thinking <laughs> I need to... to, to uh, quiet things that uh settle things down so misfit was there anything else you wanted to rant about yeah 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 i have one i have one and it was the only thing that we didn't we just surprisingly did not cover in oh, from was from it jacobo gp yeah i want to talk about that a little bit because uh I'm, I'm trying to give me a moment i had you need, it. Like, you need some coffee is it like while you're Jacobo? like while you're looking um, real quick, do you think that was another home run? You mean Jokable GP? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. I feel like once the fan, I think it's more known for its controversy than it, than the game itself. I mean, it's just another Mario Kart clone, but with, like, cute Final Fantasy characters. I mean, it's cute enough, but, like... People um, were excited about it, though. That's the funny thing. People were excited about it. Then it was, like here's the microtransactions and here's all the glitches and incomplete like code. And it's like, Oh no, how to kill a game in like five minutes. 
Yeah, it's 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 microtransactions are pretty egregious, especially since like you purchase something and apparently your 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 premium currency can expire after a few months. So it's so it kind of they clarified. They clarified though. That's only the premium currency you earn through gameplay. Oh my god! Because that's, that's somehow better. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it is it worse? Is it as bad as Crash Team Racing, where they where they specifically waited till the news cycle died down to add my, microtransactions later after all of the after all the reviewers gave it glowing scores and praised it to high heaven? No, they didn't do. They weren't that scummy. Amazingly, dang man, Activision really does use that strategy on everything, don't they? Mm-hmm. So did uh, so did so does Ubisoft occasionally. Oh, but you know, and and that's really what Square Enix is coming down to. They're they're like the Japanese Activision. Yeah. So, uh, what I find particularly egregious about Chocobo GP is like that's a kids game. Why? Why are yep kids games should not have microtransactions, man? Like that's that's so scummy. more responsibly, because let's face it, the DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is technically a microtransaction. It's just it doesn't feel like a ripoff, and it's not baked into the game. Like, there's no play X amount of time to earn currency so you could download this, yeah. that, or the other thing. Like, it's you get yeah, a, a whole game's like worth of tracks coins. for 25 bucks. Like, Right. And yeah. there's, there's just like my kids log on to Mario Kart for the first time in a while and they're like, hey, there's new tracks. Hey, daddy, can we buy all the new tracks? And at first you're like, I don't know, man, $25. And then you see, even though it's spread out, it's for a whole game's worth of new tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, it's like, then it seems worth it. Yeah, and I guarantee you just about, like, a minimum of 50% of the people that own Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will then buy those tracks. Yeah. And that's a lot of... Well, okay, I shouldn't make that kind of a guarantee because I have no clue what the numbers actually look like. But I would not be surprised. At the very least, get them to come back to the game and play those tracks a few times, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not even about whether the people play it or not. It's like the fact that people will go buy it. Yeah. And when you see, again, when you see a whole game's worth of tracks for 25 bucks, yeah, you're going to want to, like, you're, you're going to view that as a good deal. And all of a sudden, hey, guess what? You've got a lot of money. But nope. Instead of doing a traditional sort of, here's the base game. In time, we'll have, like, here. here's, we're going to, heck, man, even Monster Hunter Rise, right? Monster Hunter Rise is, like, we're going to have a <laughs> year about of just free monsters and hunts. Here you go. Free content for a year. And then, yeah, we're going to give you an expansion pack, but it's going to be substantial. And that expansion pack also gets free updates. Like, son of a gun. Like, holy crap. It's almost like some people figured out a great way to guarantee people are going to like more vol a greater volume of users will spend money. Yeah. And like, ah, oh, man, just 
we're just like rubbing Square's nose in it at the moment. Like, it's just like it's also bad, we're just now bad we're square. at the point. This is how like, you we, do it. <laughs> we had the lively party, and now we're all just sitting at the bar, and we're all like ready we're to. Yeah, so, we're just depressed now. All right. Well, how about this? I I have a question. I have a question then for for everybody. How about like, what do you guys want Square to do in the future? It, like. If you want them to, to really like I, the answer is probably obvious, but it, maybe there's something specific that 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 we could all get from, from Square Enix that would get them back into our good graces. And I and I say this knowing full well that like I'm going to buy Near Automata on Switch. I don't care how bad it runs. I just adore that game. And I, I just adore that game and I just want to support it in every way, shape, and form. And plus, let's be real. To be all cheeked up is pretty great. <laughs> so I think my, I would say this to virtually any game developer, like there is a lot of talent under Square Enix's root, root, roof. And basically they just, they need to trust their talent and they need to focus on the fundamentals of creating great games and stop focusing so much on every single trend and doing these crazy like 180s every time it doesn't go well like oh i guess you know episodic games aren't really that great let's do some live service games oh all of our live service games are total duds let's figure out how to do nfts in our games like they just need to, to get back to the <laughs> fundamentals and build some experiences that are going to be memorable in the way that, you know, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VII were memorable games that have become part of people's DNA, even Kingdom Hearts 1, like, you know, that have become part of your gaming DNA, uh, like they used to do, like they have so many great games that did. Um... I tend to ramble on. I mean, it's in the name. So, Misfit, I'll let you go next. Uh, on. What would you like Square Enix to do? Oh, oh, we're oh, we're finding solutions to these problems with these. Okay, <laughs> we're suggesting at least wish list more like like a wish of a desire of what they would start doing to be not so, not so garbage in the future. Um, one, stop trend chasing. If you have an idea, stick to the idea. Because it looked really passe. They're just trying to be like, oh, that thing did it successfully. Let's do it too. I just feel like they're wasting their time and resources by just chasing a trend that may not be, you know, worth it. Two, keep keep the Kingdom Hearts guy on a leash, please. Like, I, 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 get, that he, I get that there needs to be creative freedom. I'm all about creative freedom. But sometimes having some sort of overhead keeps him on track, and then I can actually play the game before I'm forty. Um, <laughs> three, uh, stop the live services. They have enough staying power. They don't need them. They don't need them. I read like I, they're going to do that. I rather them make a subsidiary company like how Chuck E. Cheese does with its pizzas now. At least make a company and hide the fact that you're doing something different. So. It's different, and if you, if that's you need extra money, and um, let's see, 
Or I love the Chuck E. Cheese analogy. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they have like on Uber Eats, they have something called Pascali's Pizza, which is like the name of one of their mascots. But it looks like a normal pizza company if you did not know what Chuck E. Cheese was. Oh, it, it, okay. So is that like, I know this isn't a sign. Is that like how certain places have like ghost kitchens? Well, it's yeah, like... well, it's not really a ghost kitchen. It's more like they've all they still use Chuck E. Cheese's to make the Chuck E. Cheese pizza. They just don't call it Chuck E. Cheese pizza because who's gonna buy what adult will buy Chuck E. Cheese pizza? That's yeah. really funny. Applebee's has something like that. They they call it neighborhood wings, and I I was excited at first, and then I realized it was just Applebee's because you know eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all right. Uh, um, wait, Mister, do you I'll... have any more? Yeah, no, I'm good. All right, I'll take us home. I guess for me, I mean, my joke answer is fire Tetsuya but that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, in reality, and this is like, this is effectively my wish list towards any game publisher. Stop treating your games as if they're wickets. Um, I need to see the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield because I am repeatedly reminded of the scene where, because Rodney Dangerfield in that, film is a guy that actually owns a business but never finished college or whatever never went to college so he's in the business class and the guy's talking about you know we make wickets and rodney dangerfield you know keeps stopping him because he's asking all these practical questions what's a wicket what's its use who are we trying to sell to you know what is this like all the practical questions but too many too many business executives they just got these theoretical business degrees that are all about selling wickets and therefore they treat everything the same because it's all about how can you maximize your sales and everything and when it comes to electronic games microtransactions gotcha subscriptions it does not matter it's all about a consistent revenue stream and they're trying to design everything with this in mind and it's misunderstanding your firstly your target audience like if you really want to sucker people into spending a lot of money there's a lot of cheaper types of games you can make to do it the mobile market is evidence you're not going to be making a premium game and then capitalizing on microtransact microtransaction strategies fit for a mobile game um Heck, the one time where it works is something like Genshin Impact. Why does it work? Because it's free to play. But even then, even then, why is Genshin Impact free to play and relying upon, upon Gacha? Well, some of it comes down to what succeeded in China before they were able to become a global game development studio. But these guys still care about the game being fun to play. Uh, mm -hmm. They still care about the presentation. Actually... Misfit could probably speak more to it than I could because I will never play the game because of the gacha component. But at the same time, from what I've seen, I mean, it looks appealing. It looks good versus anytime Ubisoft releases a new trailer for one of their products, it looks like everything I hate. So, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, stop making wickets, right? You're making games and you're making premium games. And what does that mean? It means people have expectations they're not just going to be suckered into spending money. They needed to provide an experience. And I think Square Enix is somewhere in the middle 
And I do even wonder, like, you got Diofield Chronicle, Harvestella, and um, Valkyrie Elysium, and then Star Ocean 6 all coming out this fall. And some people might be like, oh, man, this is a great time to be a Square Enix fan. And yet I look at this and I'm wondering, why are they just dumping all these games out in the same time frame and some of them with really awful marketing? Are they just abandoning these games so they can chase something new? Like, and maybe Ooh, that's me being cynical. I didn't cynical. think of it that way. Maybe that's me being cynical. But again, this is also coming down to March where it's like it's the end of the fiscal year. They're dumping all these games on everyone and not all of them are finished. Again, Ch- Chocobo GP and Strangers of Paradise had known bugs and issues. I mean, neither one of them were cyberpunk level, but they were still, there's enough evidence to suggest these games needed more time to bake in the oven. And they were shoved out at the end of the fiscal quarter just to get that money and have something to report to investors. So yeah, Part of me, if I'm a little cynical and looking at these games that are not going to be really huge sells being released all in the same holiday period as if, you know, Square Enix has an ulterior motive for doing so and is even setting some up for failure. And even then, Harvestella, what is Harvestella? It's Square Enix's brand of Rune Factory. And that's part of the problem because, again, Babylon's Fall, Outriders, Marvel's Avengers, those games are all Square Enix's destiny. It's like a record company, right? We don't have Nirvana. We need our own Nirvana. You know, we don't have um we don't have NWA. We need our own NWA. Like everyone's just chasing their own version of something successful. Or, you know, DC. We need to put out Justice League. Why? Because we don't have our own Avengers. We got to have yeah. our own Avengers. Why are we going to remake The Mummy to have this big dark universe thing? Because we need our own cinematic universe like the the, <laughs> the Marvel universe has. Um, and video games are like the AAA space is really bad with it. And Square Enix themselves, you can tell they're really bad. So is Harvestella actually a game someone wanted to make? And or is it like we need our own Rune Factory? We need to bury these guys. You know, people are really loving Stardew Valley. People really like Harvest Moon. People really like Rune Factory. We need our own of that. And as a result, it's just, I don't know. Like, I can't help but wonder if there, I mean, there are clearly employees at Square Enix that love making games, but even that, like they, they, they went on the record. Uh, the president was like, um, Japanese developers shouldn't try and make Western games. And yet Forspoken, right? <laughs> Forspoken is developed yeah. by a Japanese studio, but then all of the writing team is American. Like everything about that game is, and it's a shame too, because if you, if you watch those trailers, you would never imagine that it's Gary Wooda and Amy Hennig and a few other like really good writers on board because it feels like such lame writing. And that's the thing, like uh, I, uh, I shouldn't say this, but it's like something like Forspoken also has me feeling like it's like, it's like life is strange, right? Like life is strange is cheaply developed. They still have that. It's cheaply developed and it, it, they know their demographic. It is a game made for a demographic. And you know what? My, I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm a 38-year-old male. Am I the demographic that Forspoken is made for? Uh, maybe. Um, it, it, I won't get into specifics. But the <laughs> thing is, uh, like, Life is Strange. I mean, and again, it's like, I have no problem with games being made for specific demographics. The thing is, why is Life is Strange still like still under Square Enix, but while you know Tomb Raider is not, because Life is Strange is cheap to make, and that demographic just buys it, spends all the money on it. 
buys the ports if they can. So they still have that because just like a horror movie in Hollywood, cheap to make rakes in the money. And Forspoken feels like its first goal is we need a story that appeals to this focus-tested group of demographics. And I'm always against that kind of a thing. Um, the gameplay for Forspoken looks good, but then the writing is like, well, it's also, I mean, yeah, of course it's a Sony exclusive as well, because it's like, we want to pretend we're a movie. We want to pretend yeah. we're something that video games aren't. Um, and so the gameplay looks pretty good, but the story looks like it's designed with, you know, again, it's like focus groups in mind. And I see it in some of these other smaller products. I'm not going to explain how or why, but it's a shame because I think a really good, like I'm going to like here. I, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I could just in trying to explain it's a good product versus a focus tested product is just going to dig a deeper hole. But like, again, like, you know what I love, um, I love, uh, shoot the, the name of the movie boys in the hood. And I love, uh, straight out of Compton. Those movies I do not view as have, as being written with focus tested demographics in mind. All right. Like, on the surface, like, and that's the thing. I don't even want to say it's like, who do you think the target demographic? Because I think for both movies, the target demographic is for people that like good stories with a meaning. Especially Boys in the Hood. That film especially has a lot of meaning, right? Um, and it's definitely meaning that goes beyond my lived experience, but it's stuff that I can understand. But so, some of this stuff that Square Enix and other companies are making feel like we view people in the most shallow way possible. And instead of trying to write stories that speak to the human condition, that taps into something that we all relate to, we're going to just try and go after this very superficial element here. Unless and, it's by Yoko Taro. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. Unless by Yoko Taro, because again, near Automata, right? Like that game, the human condition is at the very heart of that game. But that's, I don't know, that's my tangent. And technically, you know, I nearly cried at the end of that game. All right. Like I, I, I do tear up, man. That game is like, beautiful, man. That that hit me like no other. And I didn't ex I didn't see it coming. At least not in that way. So. Mm. And that's the thing, like, Joey, technically you're more, you're, you're probably a better person to speak to the matter because I'm just one of many voices that speak on the matter. And, you know, I don't know, like, I don't want to call out anybody in this, in this chat as being better positioned to speak on these matters, but I, I don't know if you want to say your piece now, that's what I'll put out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so real, like. Because you guys did, did touch on a lot of what I don't want Square Enix to do anymore. Stop chasing trends and really get back to making these passion projects. Because th that's that's what that's what got them to where they are. Not because they they knew how to make money, but because they they knew how to how to make things that really resonated 
that really resonated with their players. All right. They, they, they got a, they got a taste of, of that money. They got a taste of, of that sweet, sweet. Canela, can you not? Sorry, my, my cat likes to dip her paws in her water in her water <laughs> dish, and it's anyway. Um, she likes to wash her hands before she drinks. Um, <laughs> it really she's drinking from where she washes her hands. Yeah, stupid little animal. Um, yeah, like like en- enough chasing trends because it's it's only going to get you so far. It's the short term. You're like people still remember you mainly for Final Fantasy Seven, all right, and that's that's got to say something, you know. Maybe if they if if Square Enix continues to try and make these games that clearly have a lot of passion behind them, not not to say that a lot of them don't, you know, because there is there is a lot of heart in the Final Fantasy Seven remake. It might not all be in the right place but there's definitely something there that makes it stand out from the from the original like it still stands out same with final fantasy 15 as much as i didn't like it but then there, there's near automata that we were just talking about i like i i have i have a book for it all right it's it's an art book but it's it's written like a diary of a person who's going through the world and documenting things that is so original and unique and creative like more of that, please. All right. Like, and what if has, technically near automata, even if it doesn't have the sales numbers is your next final fantasy seven in regards to the impact it will have for years to come. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Like I, I think that game is absolutely incredible, especially with, with the themes that it has. Um, you know, it, like has square Enix ever put out a fighting game? Yeah. Uh, air guides and something else maybe um, they could take another stab at that maybe they can make an like i thought um decidia nt was going to be oh yeah decidia was the other one yeah i i dude i thought that was going to be like a muso final fantasy game and it wasn't and and i started playing it and i'm like this sucks i hate it and i want it to go away forever um <laughs> man talk about get... your obvious like i just real yeah it's like why haven't they made a muso like, why haven't they tapped Team Oga Megaforce? Granted, they probably just try and make it in-house and square probably. it up. That's probably part of the problem. Yeah, probably. But like, or or have done a fighting game because I think just doing like a like a Final Fantasy multiverse fighting game would be baller. I think that would be amazing. There are things that they that that you'd think would be obvious that they that they either don't do or if they or if they do think of it they screw it up a la chocobo gp and final fantasy crystal chronicles hd i would i would hd (laughs) what was that what dweeby d what it's not an official square enix game unless you say it's hd or not you got I mean, <laughs> but yeah, they need to stop milking Final Fantasy VII specifically. It's just I get that a lot, a lot of nostalgia baiting is it, but specifically, is more Square Enix fans are just those are like seven. Dude, if we get like and to that point, if we get a if we get a remaster of Dirge of Cerberus before we before we get like any like any other logical conclusion from from them, I'm gonna be really upset because like, does anyone like? You know, that's that's where I get upset with these guys sometimes. Like, nobody asked for Strangers of Paradise, but we got it. Um, I will say, though, this kind of does 
you know, embody like the weird stuff that I that I want Square Enix to do, because I think that's why it stands out so much to Steve and, and Steve is enjoying it because it is so odd. <laughs> it's this oddball game. I will and also I, say, well, I just want to counter real quick, like the, the issue with uh, nobody asked for this. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes, you know, people did. But at the same time, sometimes what you really want isn't what you're asking for. Unfortunately, Tetsuya Namada is never what I'm asking for. Therefore. <laughs> yeah. Go away, Chris. Um, also, don't. <laughs> it's my also, podcast. You go away. <laughs> also, just keep. You know, keep letting the Dragon Quest developers do their thing because Dragon Quest 11S is a home run. I still have yet to finish it, and I like I've been itching to go back to it. Twelve's um, not gonna be turn based. I mean, I could Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest has been turn based for so long that I think them trying it out. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Like I, I like like a dragon, and that's that's a turn based, and that wasn't before. So you know, maybe them mixing it up. I do want Final Fantasy to go back to turn-based, though, because... I'd at least like them to try, because we don't know if someone with as high-profile pedigree as Square Enix with their Final Fantasy brand could succeed with a turn-based game. Like, we discussed this a little bit before, but, like, yeah, Persona is turn-based and is getting bigger every day. Like, Pokemon is a mainstream turn-based role-playing game. Yep. Could you make a modern AAA turn-based Final Fantasy and it still sell gangbusters? Oh, I want to see if because that it has can Final happen. Fantasy in the name. Definitely. The, pro- the problem is, who wants to do a big AAA budget risk like that? Um. You know what? Screw it. They should. I, I, if they don't do it, then they're just big old wussies. I mean, I don't disagree. That's the unfortunate (laughs) thing. The last time a Final Fantasy scoped game with turn-based combat was made was Lost Odyssey. And unfortunately, I think it was the wrong time. I think it was the wrong time for something like that. Because it was Xbox 360, which the primary demographic... Well, then again, wasn't Final Fantasy 13 turn-based? Like the original? Sort of. Eh. No. It was weird. It's like Final Fantasy twelve, right? Final Fantasy twelve was weird. Like after ten, they started moving away from traditional. I mean, it was ATB. It was it was mostly it was essentially an ATV system with strategy with only single character control. Well, active time battle counts as turn based. I mean, yeah, you could say it's turn based. It was an, it was experimental turn based. This is, yeah, again, 12 and 13, they were really trying to vary it up. And then 15 was action because Tetsuya Namada hates fantasy and turn-based. And <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go even further, all right? I'm going to absolutely go even further. Here's what I actually want from Square Enix. And this is going to be, and this would be a bold move. But because... I my of, wish list is long. But because, but because of the... But because of the funding that would go into it probably being less, I think that they should do it and they would make profit. Make a sprite-based Final Fantasy. A mainline new Final Fantasy game in the HD 2D engine. Oh, man. You'd have to have the right creators, but I would love that. They'd never do it, but I'd love that. No, they wouldn't do it because they don't got any balls. So, Square... 
I'm challenging you. Do it. You won't. No balls. Done. <laughs> That's it. Well, to 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 finally close things off, I will first note with AV Hobbies. Honestly, Final Fantasy X, I did enjoy playing through when it came out. Like I, that's the thing. Like Final Fantasy nine and ten, I was able to at least beat. Final Fantasy eight, I couldn't. Final Fantasy eight is special, but Final Fantasy ten, and, triple triad? and I will, I you will know the draw system. People, that's the the triple triad was good, but um, <laughs> no, with Final Fantasy ten and that scene in particular, with the ha ha ha. Like I, I no, I understand it was supposed to be bad and. I it, chances are if I could have actually no what really makes me angry is every Final Fantasy game that they re-release you can have like a Japanese language option except for Final Fantasy X no matter what it will check what your system language is you can't play that in Japanese I don't know why maybe on PC I'll have to double check on Steam but like if you get it on console it will check what is your system's language that's the the language that we do for voice and it's like, just let me do Japanese with subtitles, man. I just want to know what the original language was like. No, you're going to um, hear Tara Strong and you're going to like it. But the, uh, I mean, at least she's a good voice actress. Most I mean, of the she time. is. But the, you're um, still going to like it, though. Uh, but no, and that's the thing, like Final Fantasy X's combat. I actually like the combat. So, but no, to, to, to really wrap things up, though, um, because I was actually worried uh, my whole rambling put Misfit to sleep. Um, <laughs> I'm here. But, uh, well, okay. Since we just had a big round, a second round, uh, Misfit or Steve, do either of you have anything to add? I think like uh, I, said, I think we should put our, our listeners out of their misery at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am also good. Just take the shotgun out and kill them all. I was like, sorry for tuning in. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> No, the the uh, all right. I mean, I, I I do think the company still has employees that like what they're making. I guess for me, is again, it's like I look at Capcom, and Capcom isn't able to make everything that their fans want them to make. But dude, ever since Exo Primal, I played that closed beta test, that closed network test. I've been wanting to go back and play more. I'll be honest. Like, what was it? Like last week, I think I had a really like sad day and I was like, I could really use it. I could really use Exo Primal right now, but it's not available because it's limited closed network testing. And so that game can't come soon enough. It's fun. It's an original IP. Yeah. It's not a Dino Crisis remake. I would love a Dino Crisis remake because I could really, uh, we need more dinosaurs in games, period. But you know what? This game has more than enough. It's great. It's a new idea. The mechanics were amazing. This is like a this was a closed network test that felt like a finished game. Let's look at Battlefield 2042. Happens. Let's look at Battlefield 2042 for a minute and think about like that. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, so if Square Enix could at least try and be half as faithful as or worth having faith in as capcom then dude like they'd be on a roll they would be the best big triple a and i used to say like square enix i would take over most other triple a publishers any day because they are on the level of activision ubisoft um ea at this point but 
while they do have some small stuff like triangle strategy, I do like playing that, you know, they do have some games I'm cur- I, I want to play. It's and a try. dumb name. <laughs> it, oh, it is. It is a terrible name. If they ever say like project blah, 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 like if they have a survey for like, did you play the demo for project blah, 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 be like, don't use this name. It's dumb. <laughs> name Octopath it something Traveler. like. Exactly. Project Octopath. That's not a real word, but at least it's just a project name. Octopath Traveler. That name is dumb. And it's worse. But you know what? At least it's memorable, I guess. Because it, it could have just been like the Great Salt Iron Chronicle. And nobody's going to remember that. But you'll remember Triangle Strategy. But that's the thing. Like it's it they'll they'll have their their, their game like Live Alive. I think comes out tomorrow, so they've got stuff out there that is going to be worth paying attention to. It's just if the only things worth paying attention to are the things of tiny budget and everything you're marketing and spending so many hours and resources on are like middling at best at best then what are you even doing with your money, man? Like, what's even the point? Pokers so. and blow, that's what. <laughs> On that bombshell. On that bombshell. All right, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Air, <laughs> you, are be, you will be streaming on Sunday more Yakuza 5. Yakuza uh, 5, baby. Twitch.tv slash AirParent310. And, of course, you'll be joining me again on Tuesday for more Halo 2. Um, Misfit, uh, you are streaming tomorrow? Yes. What time frame? Six. Eastern What game? Standard. Cuphead. Are uh, you going to be oh, streaming Cuphead? You mm-hmm. You're going to be streaming Cuphead at 6 on twitch.tv slash Misfit Waferton. Yep. Um, actually, for when this podcast, go- the audio only goes live, it will be tonight. I will be streaming for Gone tomorrow night uh, or tonight at 8 p.m. Friday. Um, it's a 2D Metroidvania action game, so watch Misfit, then watch me, and then on Sunday watch Air, and then watch me and Air on Tuesday. You'll have a full weekend of people playing video games and talking about video games, and it'll be great. And Steve, you should do more stuff. He's too busy being a dad. I'll see he agrees with me. You should put music covers up on YouTube. You'll get a killing. You'll be able to open up a Patreon. You'll be able to buy more stuff for the kids. More stuff for myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for that. I guess the kids miss out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining and have a good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye bye.